What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and today it has finally happened. Doc Rivers has been fired as the Philadelphia 76ers head coach, something that we kind of anticipated. But before we talk about that, the fact that it this three-year run is now over with Doc as head coach, I want to talk to you about our sponsors from Underdog Fantasy, the newest and best place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes. And Mike, tonight is... The start of the conference finals, unfortunately. Uh, I am know. boycotting. <laughs> Mike, you're not watching at all? I will probably watch a little bit of Lakers Nuggets. I'm not watching Celtics Heat. I understand. Third time in four years. It's just, it's too and painful. to me, it's just not even going to be going on. So I'm yes. Be- okay, so since that is the case, we're going to avoid the picks for Celtics Heat. And we're just going to do picks for yeah. Nuggets Lakers tonight is also the draft lottery if you want to watch that with me on playback you can I'll be watching that's a great way to end the season that's right um fortunately we will not be living Chiodo's dream of playing (laughs) right after the draft lottery but tonight is a is gonna have to be a big night obviously the game is is in Denver so you know that the Nuggets are probably gonna score a ton of points that's what they always do at home the altitude merchants um So I'm looking at the stats for Denver. Is there anything we're feeling here? Do we feel like a um, big Jamal night? I'm feeling a big Jamal night, yeah. Okay, big Jamal night. Let's go on here. Let's say, okay, so right now it's 24.5 for his points. I think that their focus for this first game is going to be to try and slow down Jokic because that's been the focus of many teams. So we'll go higher on Jamal Murray's points at 24.5. Um, and then we can pull up on to the Lakers and I think I'm it's a big Reeves night. Reeves. Okay. Future we, Sixer. We want to go higher on, on Reeves, Reeves points. Yeah. Future Sixer. Austin yeah, Reeves. Yeah. All right. So we'll go higher on Austin Reeves points. 14.5 Jamal Murray. 24.5. Yeah. Both of those. You throw 20 bucks on that. You can win $60 as your payout on underdog fantasy. Use the promo code slot. To get a one hundred dollar deposit match today, it supports the program, and uh, yeah, it keeps everything going here. So please do that if you have not already. You can also do their drafts for the conference finals and the finals that, unfortunately, our Philadelphia 76ers will not be playing in once again. Yet another year where we are just not in the conference finals, much to my chagrin. And Doc Rivers has been fired. Um, I don't know. I felt like if you had told me this. Any time prior to the Celtic series, I would have been one of the happiest people alive. Um, actually, you know what I should say? Prior to the Sixers turnaround this year, prior to December when the team became one of the best teams in the NBA, prior to everything that has happened up to this point, I thought Doc coached a good series in the Celtic series. Um, but, you know, after the the Hawks series in 2021, I would have been elated. After our slow start this year, I would have been elated. Last year, I gave him a little bit of a break just because of the fact that Joel was injured. And, uh, you know, we went 2-2 against the Heat when Joel did play. But this year, I feel like I wish I was happier right now. But it yeah. doesn't really feel like it, I can experience any joy even though I thought Doc had his flaws as a coach, I didn't think he was a good developer. I didn't think he made enough adjustments. I thought that the rotational stuff was a question mark sometimes. On the whole, um, I'm not really, I'm not super pumped about this. I think that I talked about it on the last episode of the podcast. I think 
firing your coach for one of two things, either roster mismanagement or stars not stepping up at the right time is just not the right move. Uh, but I also caveated that with if Joel Embiid or PJ Tucker or one of the veterans that isn't James Harden in the locker room is telling you to move on from Doc, then you probably have to do it because that's really this is really your last shot to make it right. So how do you feel about everything after the news came out today? Yeah, I agree with what you said. There was a time where I desperately wanted to fire Doc like last year after this after the season last year for like three weeks. I was obsessively trying to get the Lakers to trade for him. Sure. But like it's not it's not his fault. This is not his fault at all. Um they had a they had a great year. They had, this is the best year they've had. They yep. won fifty four games after a twelve and twelve start. If Embiid and if I mean if Harden and Harden and Maxi don't get hurt and B was dealing with injuries too, they probably win close to sixty games. And this series was not his fault. Embiid and Hard Harden showed up for two games, so you sucked the rest of them. Embiid Embiid was bit really bad game seven, really bad game six, bad game four. This was on Embiid and Harden. End of game four, think, he was bad. End yeah. of game four. I was gonna say this game five, on, game four and game five, he was good for the majority of the game, and I thought that yeah. he had turned a corner. Yeah. Embiid, this is on Embiid and Harden. And I think you probably had to fire Doc. I think it's just time. It's been three years. You've second round every time, two game seven losses. Mm-hmm. It's just time. But this, he can't be a scapegoat here. You can't fire Doc, hire Mike D'Antoni, and be like, we're going to be good now. We're fine. Sure. Like, That's you exactly how. I, look, if this is one move in a step. So, first off, the biggest reason why I, I totally got it wrong already, because on the last episode, I said, they're not going to fire Doc and then bring in a veteran coach or they're going to have to pay a lot of money. My The idea behind this is my guess is that they fired Doc and that now they think that another team is going to take Doc so they don't have to pay a salary. Basically, if Doc were to be like, fuck it, I'm going to go chill at home for two years, which Doc doesn't really seem like he is capable of. He seems like he's addicted to the grind. He's a grind set guy. That he would he would do the Brett Brown thing, which is... I'm going to chill for two years while they're paying my salary and then figure it out later. I think what's probably going to happen is probably another team will hire him sometime in the next few weeks. And then it will make the Sixers decision easier for who they hire for their next head coach. Cause every coach that was qualified that Woj tweeted was Nick nurse, Monty Williams, Frank Vogel, like uh, Sam Cassell, who's an assistant on the Sixers right now. Uh, am I missing anyone? Budenholzer. Oh, Budenholzer and Mike D'Antoni. So all coaches that have been to conference finals, co- coaches that have been to finals, and then Cassell, who was an assistant here, that let's just get the Cassell thing out of the way. Yeah. Because um, I feel like the Cassell thing has been something that I've brought up a few different times as an idea. But you, you tweeted about it, and I, I feel the same way where it's like, if Cassell was a really good head coaching candidate, I think he would have got a job by now because he has interviewed for the last four years about um, that. He has basically interviewed for head coaching jobs. He's interviewed for college coaching jobs and he's just never come away with one of these jobs. So the fact that you're in such a desperate situation now where you're trying to salvage whatever you can with this run with Joel Embiid, which once again, I don't think it was on Doc. I think it was more on Embiid and, and to a lesser extent Harden in these last few games that I feel like you can't take the risk on Cassell unless you know he's the guy. 
Yeah, it's been it's very weird to me that like the hard the most anti doc people out there are the hardest pro Gasell people. Yes, like Sam Gasell's been working for working under Doc for like ten years. Like he's he's you could say the same thing like about Ty Lu though, and Ty Lu has yeah. been good. Yeah, but yeah, but like you said with the, the coaching candidate, he would he interviewed for jobs the last couple of years. Yeah. He never got them. This year, he hasn't even interviewed for any. Yep. Clearly, he does, clearly around the league, he's not well regarded. Yes. Um, if I, I had think to guess, he'd like to be an assistant. Yeah, if I had to guess, the Sixers just threw him on there, like as a like thanks, thanks for the last three years. We're gonna sure. we're gonna say we're gonna say we're hot. Put your name out there, yeah. and he'll follow Doc wherever he goes. And then maybe if they hire like Amani Williams, who had a good relationship with Doc, then he'll stick around or something. Yeah. Because it does yeah. seem like a, f- a few of the players, like Maxi, really likes him. It feels yeah, like Maxi it seems like Maxi has a good relationship with him. Yeah, I'm sure the players all like him. Sure, um, sure. But like you said, he he's clearly not very high, highly regarded in league circles. Yeah. So I, I'm not crazy about that one. I I think that. Uh, I think all the all the candidates I tweeted and I said a lot of these candidates are different flavors of doc to me. Where it's like that that, that felt like just like a list they were just going to put out right away. Like sure. these are our top these are the top five names everyone's talking about. We're just going to put put that out there. Right. If I had to, there's a good chance they hire from one of that list, but I don't think that list like hard set in stone. Those are the five guys or six guys or whatever it is. Yeah, because we've been talking about the fact that like the majority of guys that are like good coaches from the past few years even if you go back to nurse becoming the coach of the raptors in 2019 mark dagnall with the oklahoma city thunder will hardy with the jazz some guys that have come up through the ranks over the past few years uh it does feel as though a lot of those guys come from the g league or from assistant circles it doesn't really feel like they are retread head coaches which is something that you know can work i mean there are plenty of budenholzer won a finals with the bucks obviously once again, what's more important? Giannis scored 50 points in the elimination game to win yeah. the finals, which I have talked about time and time again. That's more important in the playoffs, even though Coach Bud did make some adjustments throughout that series to get them back into it against Monty Williams, who's also on this list. Monty, Monty's a guy yeah. who Monty's a guy who I think Sixers fans are gonna love because he's been here before. No. <laughs> no. No, you're over it. I don't like I, I'm sorry. I don't want to be a boomer. But just look at Monty's personality. That is not what the Sixers need. Yes. Like his, like, oh, it's all fine. We're all good. He's like just the nicest guy ever. Like we yeah, don't need that. Exactly. We don't need that. We, we need like we need someone who's gonna tell Nurse to stop being a fucking baby. Tell Nick, tell Embiid, Prudence up there, just stop being a fucking baby. And yes, that's cool. The ball. Well, I mean, that's probably. I mean, realistically, you're probably better off with a more hard nosed coach. And if you look yeah. at this list. The majority of these coaches are not that. I would say Nurse is yeah, probably the only one. And as we know, Nurse has gotten into it with players before over this stuff. Uh, famously with the Raptors, with Pascal Siakam in the bubble. I think that that's something that I, I'll put it like this. I think that Nick Nurse, I, I fucking can't believe I'm talking about Nick Nurse potentially being the Sixers head coach after talking shit on him for so many years. But I think that I think that Nick Nurse is a guy who, if you're if you're in the, the mode that the Sixers are in now, which is, hey, let's try to win a title, or our best player is probably going to force a trade, or this thing's over anyway. He might be a good hail mary option here mm-hmm. because of the fact that because of the fact that like 
he is going to come in and immediately set the culture the way that we're talking about right now, where he's like a hard-nosed coach. He Did you know that he's an offensive coach? No, no, not I, at all. I had no idea that he's – I just a, assumed with the way the Raptors play, like that's that guy's – that's a, that guy's a war criminal. Exactly, exactly. I assumed he was a defensive coach because of the fact that he, you know, ex- exactly what you're saying, put seven guys on – somehow throw two more guys out on the court, put him on the best player on the other team. Apparently he's an offensive coach and, and we were talking about it in the discord and, and ransom even said in there, he was like, well, the Raptors had an above average offense with their personnel. So clearly he knows what he's doing. Like I think nurse is my guy. I think. Okay. So nurse is your guy. Okay. So let's just, he needs to, he needs to go through an extensive vetting process because of the Canadian stuff, but I think he's my guy. <laughs> he apparently does. So he apparently does have connections to, uh, he apparently does have connections to Daryl Morey. Apparently he was an assistant at one point in Houston or something. Apparently they have connections through there. Um, you know, I know that Harden has said nice things about him before. I don't think Harden would like Nick Nurse. I don't think, first off, I don't think Harden would like Nick Nurse. Second off, I don't think Harden's coming back either way. I, I don't I, either, but like... I everything I've heard from everyone is that Harden is already gone. Like, a, Harden made up his mind... And in the only thing that was going to save him staying in Philly was like a good conference finals or finals run. And they didn't do that. So I think, I think that Harden is gone. I think when you're making this hiring, you need to keep Embiid and Maxi in mind and that's it. Or if you're open to trading Maxi, obviously, but like, if you're open to trading Maxi, you're going to get a great player back. And, yeah. Then I don't really think the coach matters as much. Well. Like if you're getting like Paul George or Damian Lillard for Maxi back, which yeah. maybe those are pipe dreams, but like if those are the level of players that you're looking at, I don't really think the coach matters as much. I guess you just have to think about it from a personality standpoint. Uh, once again, I I don't think that this this series in a vacuum was Doc's fault, but the big picture, maybe that stuff wears thin on players over time. So of all these coaches. One, I look, Frank Vogel won a title with the Lakers. He's been to multiple conference finals. He's a defensive coach. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are are more offensively tilted that we're talking about here. And I would prefer those offensively tilted guys mm-hmm. specifically for Maxi because yeah. I think Embiid kind of is the way that he is. Like, I think that we know what Embiid can do in the regular season. Can it ever translate to the postseason? Maybe with a different coach and a different mindset that makes more adjustments and figures out defenses. Hopefully, that is the hope. That's what we're getting at here. But of, of all these guys, you said Nurse is your number one. I'm not set in stone on that. Okay. Um, but of those names, I'll say of the names on that list, Nurse sure. would be number one. Okay. Um, well, Nurse has been known for making adjustments in the playoffs. He famously yeah. it went toe-to-toe with Brad Stevens in the bubble. Uh, you know, in the Sixers series, they were down 3-0 and almost came back and pushed that series to seven. Um, to be fair, that was also because they beaten hard and we're fucking losers in game five. <laughs> they were. Like that, they were. That game five, they were such fucking losers. Yeah, Put us through that 72 hours of hell. It's yeah, that's so it's that's that's not wrong that's not wrong it's oh my god it's so funny but before we recorded mike was saying to me that uh that 
only we're allowed to say this stuff about Embiid, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, have fan already, of another team? Absolutely not. It's not even just fan of another team. Even, like, some Sixers fans, like, you can't call Embiid a loser unless you also love him. If you didn't tear up at his MVP speech, you can't call him a loser or else. Exactly. No. Yeah, I was going to say, the uh, – the, <laughs> you haven't been around. Also, the fact you that – You don't get what we've gone through. You don't get it. <laughs> It's like you said. It's like you're like a disappointed, a disappointed father right now. You just want the best yes, for him. Like it's just, I'm not. I'm not mad at him. Yeah, I'm very mad at him in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, I'm not mad at him at all. It's a complicated relationship. Love him. Now with Harden, love him. he's now with Harden. He's just a fucking loser. And I cannot <laughs> wait till the, I cannot wait till the Houston Rockets come to Philadelphia next year. And oh he, boy, he's our guy. We're gonna see. I will miss I the Harden stands though. You were right about that. I will miss the Harden stands. I hope they are not listening, but yeah, they um, definitely are. Um, so I'm sorry, Harden stands. I'm sorry, Harden stands. You guys, it's know not personal. You know. We still love you, you know. um, The Harden stands. The Harden stands now. They know. They get it. They understand. It's it's part of the grind. They're they're already going at Embiid. And they're I get checking it. out the Harden stands. They're checking out. They're going to Houston. They're done. This, they they've had their time. It's it's over. They know. I understand. It. I don't yeah. mean that as an insult. It's just it's over. You're not competing it's, for anything anymore. You're yeah, done. it's over. Not so, your fault. So the the coaches on this list, I would I, I haven't really had time to think about it to be honest. I, I hope that they do expand the list beyond just these candidate. I think that all right, I'll, I'll put it out there. I don't want Vogel. I don't want Monty. Those are the two yeah. and Cassell. I, I don't really see. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to upgrade a, a, a doc assistant. It's the same thing to me. Like I don't really want to do that. So then it comes down to Budenholzer, who, if you want to live out the dream that I spelled out, trading Tobias for Julius Randle, and then winning 60 games in the regular season and losing in the first round. All right. That is sportsbetting.ag. I don't know if that's legit or not. It's probably not, but they have J.J. Redick. They have J.J. Redick as the favorite to be the Sixers head coach. Oh, no way. No. (laughs) J.J. Redick, three to one. Money no way! No, that's fake. That's got to be fake. Uh, and B could push for that. I don't know. No. If and B goes to Maury and says, "I want JJ as my coach," what does Maury do? <sighs> Trades and beat. <laughs> I, I think I think Maury would just hire him. Now I'm terrible. <sighs> All right, player, empower, player empowerment has gone too far. You might. This might uh, be anti-player the player empowerment if this happens. JJ cannot take the. We have to be very mean to JJ. We have to be very mean to him. Yeah, no, absolutely not. There's no way we're getting JJ Redick as our pick. I will not allow. I will, I will go fucking full, light myself on fire outside of the practice facility if JJ Redick is. Uh, yeah, I am relating. done. I am done. I am no, done. I'm done with the team if JJ Redick is the head coach. And I've said that a lot over the last couple of days, but I am really done. But I really mean it this time. <laughs> um. Okay. So. So that leaves Nurse, Bud, D'Antoni, I believe, are the last ones left. And so what do you think about... So so first off, I just want to put this out here. I know a lot of people think that D'Antoni is the Hail Mary attempt to keep Harden. From everything I heard a year ago, year or two, when he left the Nets two years ago, because he's been like a special assistant with the Pelicans now, he hasn't. He left the Nets mm. and he hasn't had a head coaching job. He interviewed for the Hornets job. Everything I heard 
about D'Antoni leaving the Nets is that he didn't want to do the Harden experience again, which is part of the reason why they traded for him. And then within a year he left because he had already done it. And he was like, I kind of want to try something new. I don't, I'm kind of over this. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think that's an attempt. I think if anything, I think D'Antoni would be to appease Embiid and, and probably maximize Maxi because of the fact that, because of the fact that Embiid wanted to hire D'Antoni two years ago, or three years ago when the opening was there and Ben famously wanted Ty Lue. Ben apparently knows more ball than Embiid. <laughs> and wanted Ty Lue. I actually, I wanted both of those guys. So I can't really say, I, I had Ty Lue one, but I had Mike yeah, D'Antoni two. Um, but apparently Doc Rivers was the compromise candidate and that's why they ended up going with him. So do you think that, first off, do you think D'Antoni's realistic? Because D'Antoni's 71 years old, I think. I think he's probably realistic just because, I mean, there's been so much like noise about him for eight, a year and a half now yep. that he's eventually going to be the coach. I really would not like it. I mean, part of the reason I wouldn't like it and what you said makes me feel better. Part of the reason I wouldn't like it is I would have thought it was like a Harden Hail Mary. Yes. But even if it's not, I don't know. He's a good coach. Like he's a good. I, I see the upside, but Daryl's just got to be some at some point. No more rockets, man. Like come on. Yeah. Have a little bit of creativity. I totally forgot about that. The fact that <laughs> you're literally just falling back on the same shit that you've been like, doing your whole career. And look at where it's got us. We're back in the same yeah. spot that we were before. Now, once again, I said it on the last podcast. This team was better than the teams that lost in the last two years. This team push the team that will probably win the NBA finals like, to seven. I almost think that that helps the argument. Like this team, this team should have been it. This, yeah. this team, this was not like past years where there were clear flaws. You're like, okay, you know, it sucks. We're not here, but you get it. This team was good enough. This yeah. team should have, should have won the title. Frankly, when you yeah. look at the landscape of the league, yeah. they were three, two at home. Like there's deeper issues here. Like, yeah, no, I totally agree. And yeah, I mean the, the D'Antoni thing. By the way, he's seventy-two years old. As uh, Jacob yeah, I just commented, there. I don't, think, I don't think the Sixers need a seventy-two-year-old white guy. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you in that regard. Um, although I will say, Mike D'Antoni, I think a lot of South Philadelphia would love to have a, a D'Antoni coach in the Sixers for sure. D'Antoni's. Hey yo, Mike Mike D'Antoni, that famous that famous tweet from years ago. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um. So, so D'Antoni, the only reason I would entertain D'Antoni is one, if Embiid likes him, two, if I, I really think we need a creative coach because the the two things about Doc that drove me the craziest. Now, look, he always had certain things that drove me crazy with like his all bench lineups and stuff, which by the way, Monty Williams also does all bench lineups. So if you want Monty Williams, he's going to do all bench lineups too. That's part of his deal. Um, But the other thing that drove me crazy about Doc was the fact that I felt like he never really developed players, which, by the way, most coaches that are in win-now situations are not focused on developing players. Like, that's generally yeah. falls on the assistants and the organizational goals as a whole. Like, yes, Mark Dagnall is developing players in OKC, but look at their situation. It's very different than most teams that are in win-now positions. Like, outside of Eric Spolster in the heat, like, there aren't many teams that are developing guys while they're also winning. So I don't think that like, I, I don't think you can only hire a coach with that in mind. 
But it does feel as though Maxi's development in the next two years is the thing that probably matters more than anything other than trying to get cap space this summer or trying to make a swing this summer to bring in another guy, get off the Tobias Harris contract, whatever. That's the that's the thing that can separate this team from being the same as it's always been to potentially making a conference finals run or whatever. And D'Antoni, as an offensive mind, has always been really creative in ways to unlock guys. A lot yeah. of the times, those guys are better than Tyrese Maxey. You know, no offense to Tyrese Maxey, but you're not prime James Harden or Steve Nash or any of these guys that D'Antoni has worked with yeah. in the past. He's not a loser, though. He does have... So he, gets, he, he has a mindset. Tyrese, Tyrese is not a loser. I think the last three games of this series... Prove that the fact that Maxi bounced back in this series was incredibly encouraging to me because yeah, if we had the lost the series and Maxi sucked the whole time, I would have been like down even worse than I am right now because there's just no, there's not, oh, Maxi's terrible against the best team in the East the whole time and you lose. Like there's just no coming back from that. Yeah. He's, and it, unlike him beating Harden, he had a, a couple games, he stepped up and he was really good the last couple games. Certain guys on this team could never do that. It's very true. Yeah, yeah. They don't have they don't have D'Anthony M- Melton mindset. Oh, um, Anthony Melton. What? Shout out D'Anthony Melton. That rebound. That rebound in Game Six, passing Yang for three. We should have been talking about that for fifty years, and now no one will remember it. This, no one probably remembers it right now. I remember, dude. During the stream, I was with the way that PJ and Melton were playing in that first half of Game Seven. I was like, we're win- we're winning this game. <laughs> we're we're winning this game. Melton had what three blocks and two like steals, crazy like, blocks too. Like they were those were big blocks on fast like, breaks. Uh, yeah, like like recovery blocks at the rim. Like he was so so good. Oh man, it was just it's really frustrating to be sitting here talking about this now. But uh, but the other coaches left. I actually think Budenholzer is a fine coach. I think that he kind of does the same thing Doc does, yeah, uh, just, which is... I feel like he's just Doc, again. He, he's very much like Doc. Very good regular season coach. And with that, with that being said, I'm we're sitting here saying that's not Doc's fault. Like, if they hired Budenholzer, like, whatever. Like, We'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. Same, it's like the same as Doc, but Doc wasn't the problem, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the thing the thing that with Budenholzer is the in-game awareness might be even worse than Doc's. He never knows when to use his challenges. He's horrible with timeouts. He's not good with adjustments in-game. But game to game, I do think that he's a fine coach. Like, he's won 60 games, what, four times in his career? He's been to conference finals. He's been to finals. He's won the title. Uh, once again, stars stepping up at the right time. Chris Middleton and, and Giannis carrying the team at times is more important if you're a head coach. But the one thing I would say, it does feel as though uh, Budenholzer – it is kind of scary when you think about the fact that we have Joel Embiid. And I know Joel's better than Brooke Lopez defensively, especially in the playoffs. Hmm. But it does feel a little bit scary to have a coach who's just addicted to drop coverage and never changing anything about that. And Eric Spolstra and the and like the teams that we're going to have to get through to get to the conference finals and the finals having like Eric Spolstra like literally pants him twice in what three years, four years is kind of a scary thought in terms of if you have another coach who's just gonna kind of crumble in the moment in the same way that Doc didn't do this year, but in the past has done with teams 
that's the one thing about Budenholzer that really scares me. And I, I and once again, like we're going to be great in the regular season if we hire Budenholzer. Game to game, he's a really good coach. He's going to have a good offensive system, a good defensive system. Like he won sixty games with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, well, <laughs> what I'll say is that like there's a real chance next year they're going to need that type of coach because Harden Harden is going to be gone. They don't have really have ways to replace him. They might. It might be. It'll be tough to get to like fifty wins next year if they just Harden leaves and they can't replace him. So having a, regular, having a really good regular season coach, like a floor raiser. Would not be bad. Like that's a no something. That yeah, yeah. Someone like Doc Rivers who can coach the team to eleven wins without the. That was the funny thing about Doc on Sunday when we were talking about like trading Embiid. I was like, if you're going to trade Embiid and be like this scrappy seven seed, Doc is the coach you want. Oh, 100 percent. That's yeah. that's where Doc like, really. If we're going if we're gonna trade Embiid for Bam and Hero, and we're gonna run out there a maxi Hero Bam team, you want Doc Rivers. A hundred percent. Yeah, and you're gonna win like. 47 games somehow you'll win like 46 47 games and then you'll be the scrappy seven seed who steals two games off of the two seed in the first round and you're like wow what a great job by doc we're talking shit to the celtics fans and they just win four straight and we just lose the celtics again let's go it's just that's just our fate forever we're just like the hardened rockets except they were owned by the greatest team of all time in <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon and Al Horford. Oh my God. Is it better to be owned by the greatest team of all time or is it better to be owned by Al Horford? I'm not sure. Well, it's funny because you know how we always did the thing with Ben where we're like, oh, well, Ben's Ben's better than X player. And then that player became better than Ben over time. We always yeah. did this. It was like, oh, Ben's better than, well, we never said Devin Booker, but other people said Devin Booker. I probably said he's better than Devin Booker. I, I don't think I ever said because we twenty eighteen uh, nineteen like his his second year we definitely said he's better than Devin Booker. Yeah, I probably did at some point. But the only reason I'm gonna I was gonna say I probably didn't say Devin Booker was because I thought Devin Booker was Michael Jordan when he played against the Sixers. But um, he was so good even early in his career. He was so good against the Sixers. But um. I probably said, like, he's better than Zach Levine and Bam Adebayo and all these guys, Jalen Brown and all these guys who just became Jason better. Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, I probably did at some point. Yeah. Uh, after that series, we probably should have known, though. Ryan Jones was vindicated in, in retrospect. He was. Uh, that. In hindsight, why did we just shrug off that series? That was a big deal. We. Oh, this is what we do as fans, though. Because <laughs> otherwise, I wouldn't it. be here. The guy looked like the worst player on the court after looking like a top 10 player for the past. And we were just like, oh, this doesn't matter. He's just going to become a jump shooter. It's We're fine. <laughs> we have, Our entire backcourt can't shoot. But you know what's going to happen in this offseason? They're just going to lock themselves in the gym, and they're going to come back next year, and it's going to be Steph and Clay. We're going to be fine. Yeah, that's – in retrospect, we should have we should have known from the first fucking playoff series that this was, this was going to end poorly. But <laughs> – the reason I say this is that uh, I was saying like, okay, so you always go back and you say this player's better than this. It feels like we've been doing that with like, oh, the Sixers are, oh, the Sixers are the, they're like the Dame Blazers. And that's like, well, the Dame Blazers made a conference finals. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, we're like the DeRozan Lowry Raptors, but they I made a conference finals. Conference finals. I didn't, I forgot about that. Damn. What team did not make the conference finals that he's been together six, for six fucking years? The Lob City Clippers. That's it. That's honestly not a bad comparison. That's not a bad thing. Would you rather? I know the Dame Chris Blazers. Made a I, I know the Dame Blazers made a conference finals. Would you rather be the Lob City Clippers or the Dame, Dame Blazers? I mean, Lob City Clippers had more chances at winning actual titles. That was a better team. 
And it was before the Warriors were the Warriors. Yeah. At least the beginning of that run. When they had, like, they beat the Warriors in 2014 uh, before they, they, they became yeah. the Warriors. They blew a 3-1 lead to the Rockets. They... I know Jacob said in the comments, who coached those Clippers? I get it. I know Doc was terrible. Look, Rasheed Wallace went on his underdog show and was like, Doc doesn't make adjustments. <laughs> He's like, the players yeah, have to make the adjustments. Doc. It's crazy. Yeah, I, oh, the fact that everyone who ever played for Doc hates him now, except for some of the guys from the 08 Celtics, does tell me a lot. And I get it. Look, once again, yeah. it probably had he probably had to go. Like, he I'm did. just saying... For the most recency bias part of me is that Doc was not the fault with this team specifically. And like I saw some people blaming him for uh Missoula went to the double, double big, big and we had nothing to like, what, what is he going to do? Like, the Sixers I, shot 23% on open threes in game six, dude. Then on Sunday, like I was tweeting, I tweeted something about how I wouldn't be mad at that. Was that was just an emotional thing. Like I, I didn't actually mean that, but someone was like what do you mean it's not his fault? Who DeAnthony Melton's guarding Tatum? Like, who's guarding Tatum? It's not DeAnthony Melton. Who's guarding Tatum? Steph No did a clip about how many times the Sixers tried to change their coverage against Tatum. And guess what? It didn't matter because Jason Tatum stepped up in a game seven. Yeah, because he's a dog. He's a winner. Jason, he, Tatum's a Jason winner. Tatum is very, very obviously lock the fuck in and and I, and and, and, tr and fucking carrying his team to victory in the biggest game of the year. And first of all, does Doc not deserve credit for Jason Tatum sucking for 75% of that series? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, like, like his no coverage on, on Tatum early in the series, dude, the way that they were, the way that they were disguising their help on defense. So Tatum thought he would have the drive and then they would collapse very quickly. And Tatum had to either make a quick read or he would turn it over was brilliant. Like the defensive coverages for Tatum early in the series in middle of the series were really like, good. Like I, I genuinely think they did a great job on Tatum until the last five quarters when it, when he just, yeah. he, he as, as it bad, out. as bad as Embiid and Harden were Jason Tatum in the first half of game six might have been the worst half of the series for any player. Yes. He was like, Oh, for 11. And that's not getting into the first half of game four. Like he was, he was awful. one for 10. Like, Oh, Jesus Christ. So, so anyway. he's in the perfect situation. Like, no other superstar could get away with that. Yeah. Like, he's so, a, he has a good mentality, but, like, no other superstar gets well, away with that. Well, here's the thing. He has Mamba mentality. It's, like, okay. I know, like, it seems like a bit, but, like, what player in NBA history could be the worst player in a series for uh, two-thirds of the series and then be the best player in the series for the other third? Kobe Bryant, and that's it. <laughs> it's Certainly like, not Embiid or Hart. No, God, no. <laughs> If he's, if he's the worst player for even one game, the series is over, dude. Like, and It was funny at halftime at game seven. People were like, okay, we're down three. This is where Embiid and Harden need to step up. If you nope. were watching the Sixers the last five years, what's going to happen? Dude, I literally – we were streaming and Sam came on and was like, I don't know. The fact that this is even like – you guys played like – and then I was like, Sam, it's over. We don't have stars that are just like – Oh, was, I'll figure it I out. I was losing People, my mind. I was losing my mind. People were like, I was getting texts. People were saying to me, like, we're down three and beating hard and play like shit. I'm like, what do you think's gonna happen? If you what we've seen this before. What's the always if they play like shit in the first half, they're playing worse in the second half. You can tell with Embiid right away. Like I could tell game seven. It's the first touch Embiid had. I was like, oh it's God. over. Dude, it literally I within the first three minutes of the game, I was like, 
what is Joel doing on the court? He was just was... watching guys get rebounds and he was just like, yeah. he would get a seal deep in the post and, and he would happen? he would hesitate until Marcus Smart could send help defense and he had to kick it out to a shooter. I was like, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing? It was just- How do you let that happen? How do you uh, let that happen? I don't know. Come on. Uh, it's just, I'll again, never, we're the I'll only never people get over the last this. five quarters of that series. We're the only people that can say this, but my God. <laughs> Come on. You cannot let that happen. MVP of the league, 15 points. In... And I think he finished with eight rebounds. I stopped watching the game, but he only had three third quarter. Oh, yeah, that's tough. The boomers were right. God damn it. This is the same. I told, the boomers, I told the boomers all year. I told the boomers all year. It doesn't really Wait, hold matter. Hold on. Hold on. It doesn't hold really on. matter about the rebounds. We're. Were the boomers right? Because if we were I'm just in- saying, I'm just saying to the extent I told the boomers all year about Embiid's rebounds, like it doesn't matter. It's the regular season. The rebounds don't matter. And they did matter. And also the uh the, the boomers in Boston, Massachusetts were certainly not right. That's what I'm trying to say here is that every fan base has these boomer they might have I think the boomers in Boston were right to an extent. But everything Celtics- always goes right for them. I know, but that Celtics team, they are losers if they played for any other team. If they the lose Celtics, this series, right that would be – if they lost the series in six, that would be one of the biggest upsets. And I know it sounds ridiculous because we had the MVP <sighs> of the league, but their team is just better. Man. Like, they proved it by the end of the series that they were better. I don't know. We, I, don't know. I feel like Denny Green right now. They are who we thought they, they were. I wanted them for two months. I was right. I was right. Okay? I, I – I wanted them for two months, and I was right. Okay, I'm just saying that doesn't matter. We lost. I was right. It's so frustrating. Um, if you okay. had told me before the game on Sunday, Jason Tatum's going to score 51, but PJ Tucker's going to hit 11 first quarter points, I would say we win. It's a win. I'm going to throw up, dude. I I cannot. You cannot be the MVP of the fucking league. <laughs> And get 11 first quarter PJ Tucker points and lose. You got Come on. We, we scored Tobias Harris in the first quarter, had four transition points. This man is incapable of hitting a fucking layup. And he had four transition points. And I was like, oh, we're going to win. You know, if I was Doc, what I would have done after that first quarter is put in Springer, put in V Ball Paul, put in Shake, you know, oh, put in the back of the bench. And I think we win the game. We literally we just had up, to do what if, the Rockets just, did in 2016 nine, with Josh Smith. Yes. If we are up, let's just put it this way. If we're up nine, we're up 35-26 with like nine minutes up in the second, and Doc just brings the bench mob in, the Celtics get confused. And they're just like, <laughs> what's going on here? They're bringing Jaden Springer in, and we're just the second quarter. We're just going to naturally take our foot off the gas. Like the series is over, and we win the game by 25 points. <laughs> I think we do. I'm <laughs> certain. I am certain it gives the Sixers a better chance than Embiid and Harden did. Certain. <laughs> certain. Oh my god! I'm just. I'm just trying to think of Joe Mazzulla standing on the sideline. Like they would be very confused. <laughs> they would be very confused. And there was nothing about Embiid that there. From I think you should leave. How do you get owned by 37 year old Al Horford? Who's who's actually older than their coach? Who's thirty three or thirty four? Wow. That's just ridiculous. 
Dude, and, um, and okay. It was 28. He thinks it's 2018 again. Okay. okay. So let's focus on two, two positives of Doc leaving. Well, the po- one positive is, are we going to see, first off, if we went through all this and then Paul Reed signs with another team in free agency, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. If he signs, what if he signs with Doc's new team? <laughs> Doc goes to the Pistons. They bring in another Doc player. Going with, uh, I, Doc going to the Pistons. It'll be so funny. It'll be so funny. <laughs> the thing about Doc, though, is that he doesn't pick teams who are ever bad. He only yeah. goes to teams that are going to be good. I think he'll go to the uh, – but if it's the Pistons or nothing, he's, would he – I don't know. He'd probably take a year off. He's but, too similar to Monty to do – because yeah. him and Monty are, like, best friends. Like I saw some people saying the Suns. I just don't see it. Where else would he go? Milwaukee? Milwaukee? No, Milwaukee's not going to want him. Does he want It would be Milwaukee? funny, though, to go from Bud to Doc. If it's not Milwaukee or Phoenix, he's not going to Toronto. No, he's not going to Toronto. Uh, he, I don't want that for him. Um, what if Golden State fired? What if Steve Kerr retires? Is Golden State that? No. Mm, I'm not going to say that dumb because I like Doc. No, I, <laughs> no we're Glenville now. <laughs> I, Doc's my guy. That's why I said I don't want him to go to Toronto. That's Doc, I don't want that for him. <laughs> I need better for Doc. Doc, better Doc is I'm no gonna follow, our guy. I'm going to follow Doc around like the Harden stands. <laughs> Glenville. <laughs> you're... Doc, Doc season. Doc, I'm changing my app to Doc S Z N. All my my new my new Hoodie handle Doc. is all bench lineups. Hoodie Doc season. <laughs> Glenn Pilled. Um, so the one thing I, I will hope that we'll see maybe at least some uh, like I'm not trying to get my hopes up. I know there is an assistant on everyone keeps talking about. Do you know who Chris Quinn is? No. I've seen everyone talk about him. He's an assistant from the Heat that's like apparently like the next guy out. But I was like, what coaches came from the Heat's assistant you know. train? Have there been any? Yeah, I don't. Uh, David Fisdale. David Fisdale. <laughs> Great. He's not very good. <laughs> Chris Quinn is the same. He's the same age as PJ Tucker. Oh, God. Oh, PJ Tucker's a year younger, actually. Oh, nice, nice. So he's a vet. He's Chris Quinn's a real, real, real savvy vet. One year older than our, our oldest player. Chris Jesus Quinn. Christ! Wow, he played. Yeah, he played for, for the Heat. I saw him in New Jersey. I don't remember. Yeah, him play, he played five years for the Heat. I, it's. I mean, it's probably like three years. Like, Wikipedia like, is wrong. No. Well, that's how that's how irrelevant he is. On Wikipedia, it says he played on the Heat from 20, 2006 to 2010, but he actually was traded in 2009. They don't <laughs> they even have the didn't year even there. know. <laughs> that's incredible. He averaged so eight, eight a game. Eight a game? How do I not remember this guy? Eight seven oh eight Heat who lost sixty seven games. Yeah, they were terrible. <laughs> that was the last year before Spo became coach. And then they went like five hundred. Why, why don't we just offer Spo like fifty million dollars? That'd be great. I mean, I remember a year ago, Portland was trying to steal Spo, or two years ago, Portland was trying to steal Spo because he went to school in Portland, and he's—I think he's a Pacific Northwest guy, if I remember correctly. And then I was like, "There, he's never going to." Yeah, leave why me. would he do that? Why would no. he do that? Oh, cool! I have all the job security in the world here. I have—I basically can do whatever the fuck I want. I live in Miami. I'm rich. I get to the Eastern Conference Finals every other year, if not back to back, three or four years. Like, sounds Here's great. A name. Here's a name for you, Kerry Stotts. Oh God, 
I actually don't think Terry Stotts. I mean, I look, he got to a conference finals with the Blazers. He's a conference finals coach. I need a coach with the conference finals in the last five years to tell to tell Joel what it's like. I don't think Joel knows what it's like. <laughs> he needs to understand what it's like. Doc hasn't been there since 2012. Doc doesn't really. Doc has forgotten. Do you watch? Do you watch Thirty Rock? No. Okay. So for anyone who watches Thirty Rock, the new coach will be explaining to. <laughs> we'll be explaining to Joel what it's like in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like the day where they they get their sandwich day, and and uh, Lutz is explaining how amazing the sandwiches are, and no one can comprehend how great the sandwiches are. That's what the Eastern Conference Finals. Is. We need a coach that tells Joel what it's like to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, so that he puts in the work with Drew Hanlon this off season, and fucking gets us there finally. Austin. Who are you? What are you reading I, now? I want to see who Austin Reeves' college coach was. Juan <laughs> um, Kruger. He is unfortunately 70 years old and retired. <laughs> You're trying to recruit Austin Reeves? Yes, Austin Reeves. Under the new CBA, we can give under the new CBA, we can give players ownership. Hold so on. Austin Hold on. Reeves. Let's give our, we can give Austin Reeves some ownership. <laughs> some equity in the company. Yes. Yes. So here's my thing. I, I actually, now that you say that, my brain just psh, brilliant. I do think that Austin Reeves is the Sixer savior, and here's why. Where did Austin Reeves go to college? Oklahoma. Who also went to Oklahoma as a Philadelphia athlete? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. And Who also transferred? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Austin Reeves is Jalen Hurts. He's got to wear Uno, too. Jalen Hurts is the real same Uno. age. <laughs> I think Austin, Austin Reeves turns twenty five in two weeks, but we we cook. He's in his age. prime. Austin Reeves is. I would give Austin Reeves the max. Okay, <laughs> question. This offseason comes around. The Sixers. We wake up to a Woj notification. The Sixers have dumped Tobias Harris. Oh my god. That that will be your real Christmas. That will yes. be like like yes. Doc being I, fired is whatever. Tobias Harris has been sent to the San Antonio Spurs along with the 2029 first round pick. The Sixers have removed protections from this pick to get off his contract, and they have cleared $40 million in cap space. By the way, Furkan Korkmaz might also be included just so we can get up to 50. I'll miss Furkan. The Wizards. And the Lakers are both cheaping out on Kyle Kuzma and Austin Reeves, but you're only allowed oh, to have Kuzma. one. Kuzma. I need Kuzma. 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 You I need Kuzma. Kuzma desperately. Yeah. I wonder who Kuzma, Kuzma went to Utah. I don't know who Utah's coaches. Kuzma. <laughs> look it up. Frank Vogel can recruit Kuzma. Frank, I want to look up. Vogel, Vogel love Kuzma. Vogel's my guy. <laughs> Let's go. Frank Vogel, new Sixers head coach. If I remember correctly, Vogel was like a huge – he was pissed when they traded him, I think, for wrestling. Vogel knows Kuzma was the backbone of that team. Yeah. I mean, look, Kuzma, connections to Philadelphia, went went he to does. school here for no a No one knows bit. it. No one no. knows it, but he does. He does. He has connections to Philly. Tweeted about us, the Din Shitty Island tweet. He became a Philadelphia legend. He's basically – I think he's been tweeting about him B too. Yeah. In a good way. Unlike Dan. I was going to say, unlike Damian Lillard, who's, who's, who's now hurting his chances to get Joel Embiid for Victor Webb and Yaba when they get the number one overall pick. Um, yeah. By the way, though, the, uh, 
the, the, the misquote or the quote taken out of context is what got me back in on Joel. Like, you fucking assholes. How dare you? <laughs> not not my son, Joel. <laughs> Taking it out of context. It's not like I it's not like I tweeted something putting betting odds on who Joel is gonna throw under the bus, but come on. <laughs> I'm the only one that can do that. Yeah. We did he he didn't luckily he didn't throw shots at Bebo Paul or Jaden Springer, who under this new coach are gonna turn into stars. That's what's Jayden gonna Springer's happen. Jaden Springer's gonna be a star either way. Yeah. But yeah, as long as we don't trade him. Jaden Springer's gonna be a better version of Marcus Smart. So you heard it here first, folks. Um, he's, a, he's better than Marcus Smart already. That's what I'm saying. A better version of Marcus Smart. He will be already. He will be... Though, he's like <laughs> he would have won us Game Seven. Jaden Springer would have won us Game Seven. It's true. You've always been a huge Springer guy, so I get it. Um, I was I was not a Springer guy until I saw him play on the Haw- the Hawks game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that converted you. Makes sense. I, I had to see him play. I, the nerds were all in on him. I was just, come on, guys. Come on, come on. Nerds were right. <laughs> Last thing, before we get out of here, we'll, we'll do two things. But one, you need to tell everyone your 2011 Mavs plan. Okay. So 2011 Mavs, we all know what happened. Dirk, after years of playoff failures, being became called soft, one, weak. What we called soft, weak. Joke. MVP completely tarnished because he lost to an eight seed. Never going to win. Sounds like someone we know. Um, he also... Key point that no one mentions until I discovered it last night. What happened in 2004? Dirk's co-star, Steve Nash, the team inexplicably lets him walk. It sounds like someone, the Sixers happened where they let Jimmy Butler walk. Jimmy Butler, Steve Nash, connect it. Conference finals, connect it. That's first. Um, So, first of all, I am out on a second star. No more stars. Uh, We just need role players with Joel. Uh, second yep. of all, when it comes to the coaches, there is a coach. This is why I said Nick Nurse was my number one choice. In 2007 or 2008, the Mavs hire Rick Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Rick Carlisle, before going to the Mavs, was the coach of the Indiana Pacers. He was the coach there for four years. His first year, the Pacers, he took over a 60-win Pacers team, championship contender. Slowly over his tenure, they decrease, they go down, they go down, they go down. Eventually, there are 41 and 41 team that misses the playoffs. Yes. As a 10 seed. It sounds like Nick Nurse, who needs to be the Sixers' next head coach because it fulfills the prophecy. Unfortunately, under this prophecy, it is possible the Sixers do not win a title until 2027. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tough. That would be tough. Would Joel Embiid is 34 years old? That's <laughs> a little tough. That, that, that's, um, that's hard to swallow. Jason Kidd. Uh, so it's a cuff where we have to build a 2011 Mavs now, knowing it's completely possible, if not likely. The 2011 Mavs do not happen until 2027. Okay. So we even have our candidates. Who are some candidates? Jason, okay. The Jason Kidd one's obvious. We know it's Chris Paul. They've been, Chris people Paul. have been talking about Chris Paul being Chris Paul ring chasing as, as someone's J Kid for like 10 years. Um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, Tyson Chandler, we're still looking at, like, because obviously yeah, Joel's we're still investigating. We're still investigating. Draymond Green's a candidate. Um, <laughs> sure. Deshaun Stevenson is Dylan Brooks. Uh, that's... Straight up is the best comparison. Deshaun Stevenson had LeBron beef on his team before the Mavs. Yep. Got a huge LeBron beef in a playoff series and then got completely owned. Yep. Sounds like Dylan Brooks. And also was a, kind of a villain for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Peja Stoyakovich, that is Kevin Love. <laughs> 
obviously. Yes. Who White was just guy, connected with Sixers. Yes. Yep. Former um, All-Star. P.J. Tucker definitely fills a role. Unless it's not twenty, unless unless this happens in twenty twenty seven, because he'll be forty four years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, forty four year old PJ Tucker. <laughs> he could be a coach. <laughs> uh, who else am I missing? Jason Terry is Maxi, obviously. Around, for sure. No, Jason Tyrese is obviously Max. Jason Terry. Yeah, yeah. Um, might be uh, might be disrespectful to Tyrese's ceiling, but for right now, he's Jason Terry. Yeah. So. Basically, we're the 2011 Mavs. There's a clear path. It all gets set in motion by hiring Nick Nurse. J.J. Perea is T.J. McConnell. Obviously. So T.J. McConnell's coming home. Corey Brewer is Corey Brewer. <laughs> we'll bring Corey Brewer back. Uh, Brian Cardinal is... I don't know who Brian Cardinal is. Um, I'm, I'm, there's a white guy in the league that never plays that I'm thinking of. I'm forgetting. Uh, Ian Mahimi. That is... He was on that team? Yes. Wow. Karan Butler. Ooh, savvy old vet that was like in the... Did Karan Butler ever make an all-star team? I think he made one. Um, He made two. He made two? Right before going to the Mavs. Oh, Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward. Yes, yes. Steve Novak, I don't know that. Sean Marion. We said we said someone was Sean Marion. That's Kuzma. Oh, yes. Kuzma is Sean Marion. Kuzma is Sean Marion. By the way, the salary cap doesn't exist under this new plan. We have until 2027. We got to <laughs> We can get... Believe me, Daryl just, just needs me in the free agent meetings. I'll lay it all out. Let's go. This is why you need to hire Nick Nurse and then lay Nick it out. Nick Nurse fulfills the prophecy. If we do not hire Nick Nurse, we're in trouble. Yep. It's true. Very true. So 2011 Mavs. Hopefully, hopefully it happens before 2027, but the, it's in, the reels are in most. Sure. All right. So before you get out of here, Nick Nurse, number one. Nurse one. Who's two? Bood? C- Coach Bood? On that, list, on that list, I would say. Vogel because of the Kuzma connection? Oh, yes. Also Coach Austin Reeves. Vogel is two. Budenholzer is uh, <laughs> <laughs> three. Budenholzer's three. Last is Cassell. Okay. Second to last is Monty Williams. Okay. And then the third to last is whoever I'm forgetting that's also on the list. I can't even remember who else was on the list. Too. I'm pulling up the Woj tweet now because I need to know who it was. There was a, there was a definitely – it was definitely six. There was definitely one other guy on that list. Oh, actually oh, last is – Dan Tony. Yeah, he's yeah. third to last. Last is J.J. Redick, actually. Last is J.J. Redick, yeah. Beneath everything, there's a Reddick happens. We are not the 2011 Mavs and never will be. I'm going to be honest. I don't give a shit who the next head coach is. If we get a head coach who is someone that can come in and bring new ideas, great. But if we're in this same situation in a year from now, I don't ever want to hear shit about the head coach again. Oh my God. If we're in the same situation a year from now, oh my God. People are going to stop tuning into my podcast. What am I supposed to do? What are we supposed to do in October? What are we supposed to do? How do we talk ourselves back into this? We probably will. Because MB's going to average like 35. And we probably will. But like, how are we supposed to sit there in November, Tuesday night against the Hornets and be like, let's fucking go. (laughs) Let's go. Well, I really really think the worst part about this is that it's it's not like normally when a team loses in the playoffs, it's like it's tough 
five months from now, we'll be back. Yeah. It's like a full year. Like Okay, I, I have a question for you, actually, before we get out here fully. Last thing. If someone sat sat you down and they said, Mike, listen, we have a chance to get Kyle Kuzma. But we also have to get, we also have to trade Tyrese Maxey with Tobias Harris and get Bradley Beal's contract back. Yeah, I do that. You do it? Bradley Beal's a loser. But Kyle really Kuzma, good, Kyle Kuzma is the biggest winner in the league. It's true. So he can balance out anything. He's he's just a winner. Kyle Kuzma's a winner. He just wins wherever he goes. He won a title. The Wizards win. They win games. So then your they starters don't. next year would be Melton, Beal, Kuzma. Kuzma, Tucker. Tucker and Beal. That sounds like a championship to me. Let's go. It's at least the conference finals. And then eventually we can get Chris Paul when he gets traded to a team and bought out. Yeah, Chris Paul has to know the 2011 Mavs plan. He has to. Okay, Monty Williams might might only move up a little bit. Okay, so he, let me before we get out of here, let me make my I pitch on Monty Williams hands. real quick. Let me make my pitch real quick. Okay. I know it is hard when you watch a guy's team get destroyed in game seven back to back years to really have confidence in him. But yeah, I can't even imagine that feeling. <laughs> I can't. But Monty, Monty, okay, so Monty actually fits the Rick Carlisle build a little bit better than Nurse, and here's why. Never won a title. I believe Rick Carlisle had been to the finals one time before that. I believe he was there with either the Pistons or the Pacers. Um, I think the Pistons, not the Pacers. I think he, Pacers. He did was. he make it to oh, the yeah. finals? Pistons head coach? He was the Pistons 01 to 03. I don't think he made it to the finals. Now, yeah, made, you're right. They fired him. He made it to a bunch of conference. He was with the finals as an assistant on the Pacers. Gotcha. So, so he at least got close. And was like the a li- for a little bit was like the darling head coach, Rick Carlisle. And ever oh, I love it. Monty was the darling head coach for a few years too, one coach of the year, and kind of got fired in maybe an, an you know, the team wasn't as bad, but th- there might there might have been an unjust firing, is is the mm-hmm. way that people are framing it. I think that he might fit the mold. And if he has a great relationship with Chris Paul still. That might be key to getting Chris Paul. Although, obviously, getting Austin Reeves and Kyle Kuzma are the number one yes. priority. Yeah, the thing is with the the nurse that the the Carlisle slowly of um, being the head of the decline of the Indiana Pacers into Toronto Raptors territory. Yeah, kind of sells it. Yeah, um, that might be it. You also reminded me with the Suns Mavs thing that it's kind of gone under the radar that the third quarter of Game Seven was worse than anything the Mavs did the Suns did in that game for the Sixers. Yes, thirty-three to ten. Somehow going under the radar that the Sun that the Sixers let up a 28 to 3 run in a game seven out of the halftime locker. I'm gonna throw up. It's a tough one. Oh my god. Tobias so Harris hit a three to make it 55-55, and it was then 83 to 58. Man, is this is so terrible. Well, we're used to it. Bro. So I'm not even really upset about it. I, I don't care who the coach is. Hire whoever you want. I don't give a fuck. Win. I don't care because I want nurse. But... Yes. No, get Austin Reeves or Kyle Kuzma. If we get Reeves or Kuzma this offseason, it will prove that Daryl is only capable of acquiring former Rockets or Lakers. Because <laughs> people, that's a little bit overlooked, is that we had a run where we only were getting former Lakers. Remember, we had yeah. Danny Green, Dwight right. Howard, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> like... Like, oh. there was a stretch where we were just getting DeAndre's guys who were going to win a title. DeAndre's going to win a title. 
It's either uh, Al Horford or DeAndre Jordan. I'll I'll pull for DeAndre Jordan every day of the week. If it's Celtics Nuggets, I'm not watching. If it's Celtics Nuggets, I'm I'm pulling for a ring for for our guy DeAndre, who honestly, of all of this, uh, the biggest crime Doc did in his two years was was if Daryl and Doc was was the DeAndre Jordan thing. It's not DeAndre Jordan's fault though. It's not. It's not. No, no, DeAndre is a good guy. Yeah, to an extent. That's all I know. <laughs> Sometimes you lose in the second round too much. Sometimes you just lose in the second round too much and it doesn't matter anymore until you find out the 2011 Mads prophecy. Oh, my God. It, Nurse is going to run our starters into the ground, dude. We're, dude, PJ Tucker is going to be playing 38 minutes a game. 39 minutes a game. He doesn't have much time left. He might as well. Oh, boy. All right. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Sometimes you lose in the second round too much. And it's just over. <laughs> Might be. Five Probably out of six is. years. Five out of six years is a lot of years. It's a lot of years. Yeah. For any listen, for anyone who wants me to do different content, I've heard had a few people throw me some ideas. I'll do Eagles pods. I'll do fucking oh, I'll do anything other than I can this. Always I come on and talk Phils. I can always come on and talk Phils, the real franchise. I don't even follow baseball and I'll have you on to talk Phils. Phils are go. back. Phils are back. The Phils are did they win last night? They did not, but they are back. They're back. Yeah. The Phils, by the way, now 0-8 when Bailey Falter starts and 20-13 when he doesn't. Well, that's a... Now you know. You know, you your your name is kind of... The Phils started, a, the Phils started their rebuild in 2012, failed the rebuild, started another rebuild, failed again, and still got to the World Series before the Sixers got to the Conference Finals when they start the process two years later. Dude, what are we talking about? The Eagles, the Eagles made it to the NFC Championship. No, hold no. on. The Eagles. No, hold, on, no, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Eagles, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me cook here for a second. The no, Eagles I'm made it to the NFC Championship the last time. The last time that they that the Sixers made it to the finals, the Eagles the year after made it to the NFC Championship. Oh, made it back there five <laughs> times. They made five NFC Championships. A Super Bowl, fired their coach, rebuilt, got a new coach, went through a minor rebuild, got back to the playoffs, fired that coach, won a Super Bowl, <laughs> re-fired that coach, then came back. They've had like three or four rebuilds and multiple head coaches and multiple different quarterbacks and being to like seven conference championships and won a Super Bowl and got to another. And the Sixers have not made it since. It's a joke, dude. Get your shit together. Just make the fucking conference finals. <laughs> Dude, it's a conference finals. God. Oh, the-, the Blazers made a conference finals. The Raptors before Kawhi made a conference finals. The Celtics the Hawks made, made a conference finals. Who? The Hawks. <sighs> Twice. Trae Young is Victor. Twice. I fear. Twice. If they said Maxi and Tobias for Trey Young, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Trey Young's a sixer. You heard it here first. Trey's a winner, too. Okay. All right, that's it. Let's make a fucking conference finals, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is Peace. This is